Hello and welcome to the Raptors Ration Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up. You gotta be fired up after watching that game. Raptors, finally, they waited all season. We have waited all season. We've seen the Raptors be four or five different teams in the course of the season, but finally, this current one, Raptors have won three straight. Raptors have won by a score of 130 to 122 against the Indiana Pacers. Um, Wow. I mean, just a really, really fun game. Really, really fun effort. Very similar to the Atlanta Hawks game where the Raptors shot more efficiently across the board. Uh, The ball movement was better. I mean, the Pacers have, you know, fantastic passers, but Raptors 35 assists to their 27. And the Pacers have like the second best offense in the league. I mean, they were just narrowly passed by Boston, but still, Pacers got a lot of guys who can really move it and, 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 you know, create and distribute. And, you know, they got a lot of offensive talent. They're also obviously much ahead in the standings. But the Raptors, they come in and they play the Pacers tough all season. Let's be honest, right? First game, the Raptors beat the Pacers was by one. Then the Raptors lost by the, to the Pacers uh, back home in Toronto. That was also a, like a one or two point game. Uh, just, you know, before the all-star break, Pascal returned to Toronto. He had an awesome one of that one. And then now the Raptors go to Indianapolis and the Pacers actually are healthier. They got Miles Turner back in the group. Uh, you know, Halliburton is is playing, although honestly, based on how he played tonight, was he really playing? They didn't have Aaron Neesmith, uh, which, you know, probably could have done something. The Raptors did have a lot of good perimeter scoring all across the board, but still Raptors come out with the win. And, and you were never necessarily concerned about if the Raptors are going to score against the Pacers. I mean, their defense is not good. Having said that, though, Raptors... I mean, first of all, this game was super high pace. Um, to start the game, it was like two cars just trying to like race each other. Um, you know, it, it, like it, it's basically like the 427 at like 2 a.m. type of deal. Like, it, you know, these these two teams just absolutely, you know, uh, breakneck speed between the two of them. But it wasn't necessarily a sloppy game uh, either. I think a lot of these fast court pay- games can be really sloppy, but Raptors didn't really have that. And the Pacers didn't have that either. I mean, only 10 turnovers for the Pacers, 11 for the Raptors. But what the Raptors did a really good job of number, you know, number one defensively, they did a great job of guarding against Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he had nine points tonight, two of eleven shooting, one of six from three. Uh, just couldn't really get his game off, quite frankly. And and this is we've had some inconsistent performances from Halliburton since he went down with injury. He returned a little too early. Now he's kind of just like hit or miss, right? Um, and but still, you got to give some credit to Gary Trent Jr., who once again goes up against. An all-star guard last game. It was Trey Young. This one is against Halliburton. I thought Gary did a good job staying in front of him. And then the Raptors' help defense behind them was also really, really good. Um, really good. Showing two bodies at Halliburton. You know, at, at first, the Raptors struggled with the pick-and-pop game with Halliburton and uh, Turner. Turner was, you know, a big factor in the first half. Not so much in the second half. Raptors actually switched the matchups around. Uh, they originally had Scotty guarding Pascal and Jakob guarding uh, Turner. Second half, I think they switched it up. So Scotty was guarding Turner and Jakob's guarding Pascal. And uh, that allowed the Raptors to be more mobile, uh, maybe even switch a couple, although it wasn't switching all that much. Um, and, you know, just really good help defense for covering. You know, Halliburton wasn't really getting the paint. The Pacers in general weren't really getting to the paint, especially in the first half. Second half. You know, the Raptors uh, got a little bit looser defensively. Pascal took advantage, and he, obviously we know what Pascal can do around the hoop, and he did the primary uh, bulk of scoring for Indiana in the paint. But Raptors were really dominating the paint um, 
in the first half. And that's why the Raptors had a narrow advantage leading by five points going into halftime because of the fact that, you know, the Raptors ball movement was just really good. Like, and it just continues to be really good with this group. The more they play together, the more they're comfortable with each other, um, the more they're able to get stops finally, which has been excellent because every time they get a stop the Raptors run out in the fast break and and they continue to be just absolutely lethal on the break they had like 46 fast break points against the Nets in the first win in this three-game win streak they had like almost 30 against Atlanta and they had a bunch tonight here against Indiana as well Um, I'll look it up as we go but uh, yeah I mean just you know the Raptors did a really good job locking down the paint and and you know it helps that Pascal missed a a whole bunch of uh, bunnies around the basket uh, to start the game, but we've seen that from Pascal, that pattern where he kind of needs a little bit of time sometimes to settle in, um, and he did eventually get in a rhythm, but, you know, I think especially in this team, this setup for Indiana, like, they kind of take turns, and I think that they haven't fully gelled in terms of what they want to do together as a group, because you saw them take turns. Pascal had a turn really running the offense, and and he looked really good, honestly. They generated a lot of advantages, but then they went away from Pascal quite a bit. Then it was Benedict Matherin, who almost single-handedly pulled this game back. I mean, Raptors had a double-digit lead in the third quarter. They were Everything was going. They were flowing. They were looking good. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, okay, Matherin is just going to hit every pull-up three, including from 30 over double teams. Like, what? You know, and, and he continues to just absolutely tear up the Raptors each time. It's almost like he knows that the Raptors are obviously national television back home in Canada, and he wants people to be watching all over uh, for his folks in Montreal or something. He always puts on a show, and he finished with 34 points, and he was lethal in the second half. But Raptors just consistently played great team basketball. Like, nobody really was getting their own shot in that way. Like Occasionally, could a guy get their own shot? For sure. But generally speaking, the Raptors were moving the ball around and attacking as a team, playing, you know, that high-low stuff where, you know, either it's Jakob having the ball up top or it's, uh, you know, Kelly having the ball up top and not necessarily using the dribble to get into the paint as much. I mean, uh, you know, you see a little bit of that from quickly. You see obviously that from RJ, but those guys are good at that and they're not over dribbling. Uh, but you actually see a lot of his guys cutting to the hoop guys, you know, uh, you taking up that space where if the Raptors are p- lifting their fives up to the elbow or in the case of Jakob or even all the way out to the three in the case of Kelly, there's a lot of space in behind to cut. And the Raptors did an amazing job just cutting, cutting, cutting back door, back door. I mean, I, I'm going to, put together a highlight reel of just how many um you know backdoor cuts the Raptors made in this one and and that was like <laughs> all four of Ochao Baji's baskets outside of a corner three from Scotty which was really good uh and also he got fouled on two of those cuts you know like I think he so he had five cuts for the basket um and he scored 10 points out of those and I think they were all from Kelly Olonek so that was beautiful to see you saw Grady cutting back door and he continues to just be an absolute revelation 18 points for Grady off the bench 23 points once again and he did that only on nine shots seven of nine four four from three and just perfect uh, just across the board even got in the offensive glass a little bit in transition a little bit he just continues to grow and grow I mean I'm so proud of Dick for doing that um scotty uh you know with a triple double and he just you know is, is kind of like the whole system like this the system is a lot of scotty barnes he's bringing the ball up he is you know getting his own basket sometimes he is also making the passes high low but he's also sometimes you know um the guy receiving the passes and and, and getting these duck-ins and scoring and you know he his ability to play all over the floor the fact that he blocked two threes tonight all in the last two minutes one on uh, in the corner and the one of Pascal at the top there for five blocks on the night. I mean, just casual 
21, 12, 12, and five, you know, and, and, and efficient too. And he's doing this even without the threes. You, you saw a lot of these high scoring outputs early in the season, but Scotty, typically speaking, when he was over 20, would have like three, four made threes or something like that. Well, he's not necessarily doing that. It's his three point percentage is actually like in the 20s since the Pascal trade, but he's still able to get to 20 points a game. And I think that really speaks well to his the depth in his game. He is, he's cutting and moving and understanding the system really well. And of course, the transition, he's doing a great job of. But it's also the triggering and, and, and the playmaking. And I think that Raptors have found a good rhythm right now with the starting group, especially with RJ and Quickly now. They're both, like, uh, you know, being, like, uh, encouraged to score. It's a score-first mentality from Quickly, and it's a score or at least downhill mentality from RJ. And honestly, those guys look really comfortable. Quickly looks more and more comfortable looking for a shot, getting aggressive in transition, pull up three in transitions, you know, driving around and, and getting to the hoop, you know, uh, one-on-one late shot clock, him versus Miles Turner. He did that and strung him out, took the uh, big all the way out the three-point line and then blew past him and, and beat him at the rim. Stuff like that, you know, he is... He's giving you those type of baskets, but he's not coming in to just try to set the table. In fact, with the starting group, Scotty is mostly the guy trying to set the table. Him, Jakob, you know, working, again, a, a lot out of the elbows, a lot of dribble handoffs. These guys are really creating a lot of advantages uh, for guys like RJ and quickly to, to feed off of those guys. RJ obviously playing off the catch, ripping and going and going to the basket, but occasionally, occasionally mixing up with the passes, too. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we have this idea of what RJ was based on what he actually played like in New York, but it's a different system. I, I know damn well Tibbs or whichever the coaches that co- coached RJ before Tibbs were not saying that, like, you know what, I'm giving a Mono Ginobili tape. And I know they're definitely not sitting down one-on-one and watching that tape with them like Darko is doing with these players and going over a couple things. And no, I'm going to need a lot more to give him the whole Mono Ginobili comp. But in terms of a guy to study, I mean, damn. That's 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 great. That's really great. And you see RJ Barrett with a couple of touch passes. You know, the, the passing overall is so good on the team. You even see Gary Trent Jr. dropping dimes. And you wouldn't associate Gary with dropping dimes. He's typically a finisher. And tonight, it, honestly, if he made his threes at a decent clip and, and he took a lot of really good ones, um, this game could have been wrapped up even without having to go into, over, you know, go into crunch time. And honestly, if Matherin just didn't hit every single shot, you know, he, he took, um, that also could have put the Raptors, uh, into a position where they, again, just thoroughly outplayed Indiana. But in any case, Gary didn't have the three point shooting, you know, it wasn't a hot knife for him, but even him, you know, and, and there was a play at the end of the first half where I think Scotty had the ball up top and he's, he's, he's operating on the same side as Gary. Gary clears out of the corner, makes a hard cut. And Scotty finds him with a, a nice pass, a really, really nice pass, uh, on the catch, Gary has a step on his man. He forces the big to step up and rotate. And Gary just does a beautiful uh, a, a bounce pass, just drops it perfectly off for Yaka, who cuts onto the pass. And again, because Gary had beat his man on the back cut, because Scotty found him with a great pass, because now Gary's going towards the basket with some speed, the big has to just come off of Yaka for about a step. And Gary drops a perfect drop bounce pass to, uh, to Yaka, who finishes around the basket. Even Gary who is the master of the 2000 stat line, right? The 2000, right? The 2000 stat line. He is so, even him, he's dropping these dimes. And I thought to disparage him. I'm just saying that that's not stylistically the role and the things that, you know, he was asked to do. We even see fast breaks where Gary doesn't necessarily run the fast break right, right? So even he's slotting in, and that's beautiful to see. And, this, and the second unit, 
Second unit, you can't you can't say enough about the second unit. And of course, it helps right now that Grady's hitting every single shot. He's in an incredible rhythm, and he continues to look just incredible. I mean, the fact that he had 18 points in 23 minutes off the bench, uh, I, I, for a rookie, and especially for a rookie who started the season so slowly, I don't think Grady made one wrong play tonight. Like, I'm serious. I, I, even defensively, I thought he was good. But the second unit comes in, and the second unit is Kelly, it's Bruce Brown, it's Ochai Obaji, and it's Grady Dick alongside of Scotty Barnes. And I love that lineup. The ball movement, the way they're able to play in transition. Um, we have not seen a second lineup for the Raptors in a while. You're, you're like, I, I, you know, we have seen guys come off the bench and, you know, sometimes be effective. Last time we had an effective bench was two years ago, and it was Chris Boucher and, and, and Precious Chua coming off the bench and just providing a lot of, like, offensive rebounds and crashing the glass. And the offense was pretty weak. But those guys were getting, you know, um, and rebounds and occasionally you get like a Thad Young or like an Armani Brooks or somebody to just come in and, and do something else a little bit. But generally speaking, those guys are hustle, right? The guys were playing ISO and they will hustle for rebounds and you just keep you almost like burn time and you waste some possessions. And honestly, they, they found a way to win with that. So I'm not disparaging. But this is a second unit that comes in and plays with its own distinct style. Like if the Raptors starting group has some great ball movement, the bench group has even better ball movement. And it's Kelly, again, I think the fact that he's stretching the floor out to the three, that's a different level of spacing than even Jakob. And Kelly doesn't finish the way Jakob does, and he's not on the offensive glass the way Jakob is. Jakob was awesome tonight. Again, he really unfortunately, he twisted his left ankle on just like a random play. Um, and, and he was forced to leave the game. Originally, it was said that he was going to tape it up, but he, he was ruled out. We just got to hope for the best there because he's been so good for the Raptors since coming back. And, uh, you know, I think he's gotten a star like every single game, that type of deal. But hopefully he's okay because the Raptors don't really have great replacements for him, even though they were able to close this game out tonight with, with Kelly. But for the second unit, Kelly spaces out to the five. Scotty's able to really do a lot of the distributing. He's he's a target to score. So a lot of the high loads for Scotty are the ones that he's catching and going off of. And then they ran this play so often today for Grady. And, you know, this is undoubtedly something where they had practice over the weekend um, at Butler University. Um, so you get to see some of the results of that. And, and the play I'm describing here was they would have Scotty initiating, let's say, on the left side of the floor uh, right at the break. They would have Kelly kind of in the middle there and then uh, or maybe even opposite wing. Um, and then they would have Grady kind of running in between those guys. So Grady would first run towards Scotty, pretend to set the screen and then ghost out of that. So he would essentially go set up the screen, but then he actually wouldn't stop and continue to run. And then he would run towards Kelly. Kelly would then set like a, a flare screen so that he would essentially try to screen and get Grady some space off of his man. And then if that doesn't necessarily develop, what happens is Grady would then continue his cut, go through the middle of the lane, and essentially circle back to where he started. So essentially, he's running like a like a O on on one side of the floor. Meanwhile, he's running to Scotty and he's running around Kelly. And this play got the Raptors so many good looks. Whether that was okay, you know what, the Raptors are uh, you know getting a great separation for Gary or for Grady off the screens. If Kelly's man isn't you know hugged up and ready to help. You know, it's a catch and shoot three for for Grady. If uh, the the if there is help on that screen, once Grady catches it, he had a really nice play today where 
he got a good screen from Kelly, got the good pass from Scotty, drew the two defenders to him on the catch because he's that dangerous of a shooter right now. And he instantly did a bounce pass, leading Kelly to slip to the basket for a dunk. You know, he also has the plays where, okay, he doesn't have the first initial action. The second, the, the three is not there for him. And the pass is not there to, because, let's say, Grady's man denies the pass across the, uh, the perimeter from Scotty to do this. Well, Grady can also then circle and continue his cut towards the basket. And we saw, you know, Scotty found him with a really nice pass on one of those. And uh, <laughs> honestly, this is where it's really impressive from, from Grady. He caught the pass, like, looking back at the play. And without even taking a dribble and bringing it down, he instantly rose up and finished with a reverse layup. You know, his finishing around the basket is actually pretty good. And I'm I pretty sure, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, he's Kyrie or anything like that. He's not dunking the ball or anything like that. But he finishes with the left. He finishes with the right. He finishes off of odd catches, moving full speed on weird angles. Like, it's, um, there's a dexterity to how he finishes. You know, you, you can't necessarily make, he turns bad passes and still converts them. You know, like, in soccer terms, he has a good first touch. You could you could whip him up, you can whip him across. It could be a flat cross. It could be a hierarchy cross. He is taking it on the chest, and he or he's taking it on his feet, and the first touch sets him up to go for the score. So, like, I, I think Grady has done a great job with that. And actually, at first, it wasn't even, you know, um, it wasn't even his three point shooting that was causing the havoc. It was him, you know, uh, throwing some passes and slipping it to to Kelly. It was him creating the havoc and, and creating opportunities for other guys to score. It was him getting on the offensive glass, two offensive rebounds for him, just being in the right places and, and, and knowing when to time his cut. And, 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 you know, he had another one where he instinctually, uh, you know, cut in from the weak side, even though I think RJ was in position for the rebound, but there was a, there was a battle for it and it got poked free and it looked like it was going to go out of balance, except, uh, Grady somehow had the instincts to cut out of the corner to help on the drive or help on the rebound, catches it on the on its way out, and midair throws it back to RJ, who instantly touches it in for a left-handed layup. Of course, like like a bang bang snap of a play like that. That was beautiful to see. And then and then and then he finally gets the three to to start falling. And his movement and his cutting, his energy was really good. 23 minutes right now is a really good spot for Grady because I feel like if he doesn't play with this much energy, if he doesn't move this much, you're probably not going to be as effective, right? If he slows down, it's not like he's getting his own shot, whatever. He can still space, everything like that, but it's the speed and the coordination of what he's doing. And in these minutes, he is just running these guys ragged. I mean, he faced uh, a rookie tonight in Ben Shepard, right, who was also another first-round pick. He was picked in the late 20s. Um, he's also starting to get minutes midway through the season now for a Pacers team that, you know, he, last game, for example, I was watching against the Mavs. He hit like three threes, and it was really big, uh, you know, momentum shifter for them. You know, he's got a nice little <laughs> tiny little mustache. I don't know. Uh, it just looks like a child. But, um, yeah, I mean, tonight it looked night and day. Grady looked like a vet, and Ben Shepard looked like a rookie trying to keep up with him and, it, you know, constantly being a step behind, needing help. And that's where the open opportunities are. But then you got Ochai as well. And Ochai cuts really off of Kelly. So when Scotty has the ball, he's looking to feed Grady. And when Kelly has the ball, he's looking to feed Ochai. And Ochai is just making cuts. You know, like, uh, it doesn't it doesn't even matter from what angle. But he's making cuts and he's getting to the basket. There's one play where Kelly even threw him a lob where uh, Ochai curled off, had a step on his man. And Kelly's just like, he's the type of passer where he's like, I'm going to trust you with this. Pass. I'm going to lead you with the pass. Again, going to a soccer analogy, he's hitting triangle, not X, right? He's trying to make, put you through on goal, not necessarily just trying to find your feet or find your whatever, right? 
he is you know leading him to the to the pass so one time ochai had a step on his man but most guys wouldn't have thrown the pass kelly and i don't just not only threw the pass to him but ochai caught it and threw down an alley-oop at the hoop like just beautiful stuff where he's getting led to it and again the fact that he got what the one corner three from scotty that was really good and that was after the pacers to tie the game the Raptors come out of the timeout they run a picker on one side there's like three four pacers leading on the left side and scotty throws a cross-court pass to ochai who was also moving into the corner as the pass was thrown and he was able to knock it down that was a semi-contested look and he knocked it down which is great but it's the fact that he he was able to use his you know, uh, athleticism and his cutting ability to go to the hoop because the Raptors, they don't just necessarily have shooters. Like Grady's not just a shooter, but he's also a cutter, you know? And, and so there's a, there's a, there's a difference. You can use him in different options. Right. And I think Ochai is more of a cutter than he's a shooter, but he kind of can similar function in a similar way. That second unit is playing really well. Bruce Brown just needs to kind of find his way in the middle of that. Like they're playing, you know, uh, high speed. I think there's such a, you know, they want him to defend in those groups. They want him to rebound and be a, you know, almost not even secondary, third playmaker, but maybe in transition makes a, a, a couple of options. He screwed up a couple of plays in transition there. And just defensively, I don't think he's had as strong of an impact. He was, out of all the players who played tonight, he was the one who was most off. But, like, honestly, it doesn't necessarily even matter. And and maybe they can use another guy in that spot. Maybe you could try Wara. But, honestly, Bruce Brown's a much better player than Wara is right now, right? So you try to go with it. In any case, that second unit is looking electric to me. The ball movement is really good. And I just, yeah, again, I just really, I'm enjoying all the ball movement. And, and I think, again, it, it all comes back to the skill set that Scotty Barnes has. The fact that, you know, this team plays the way they are right now. When you really step back and take a look, and obviously the Raptors have made a lot of trades, what they have done is they have gotten, what did you want, to, what did you want in terms of building around Scotty? You wanted shooters around him, right? Movement shooters around him. And you see that now. Movement shooters have been added. Grady Dick is the definition of a movement shooter. And they're trying to change Ochai Baji to become a movement shooter uh, or at least a moving target where he can cut but also catch and shoot as well. You would also want the option for him not to have to play center because we saw how much that wore Scotty down. And honestly, even though he was effective in that role, even though you know there was a lot of talk of maybe we turn into a post hub and make him Sabonis or whatever, I, nah, you know what? I don't actually want him to be Sabonis. No offense. Sabonis is a great player. All-star snub, everything like that, right? But, like, you know what? We do want him to take that much punishment and constantly have to, you know, be the back line of the defense. Is he going to have the the energy and the, the you know, uh, endurance to play all that? I mean, honestly, like, they never asked LeBron to play five. They don't even ask Giannis to play five sometimes. But, like, it's a selective look. What they are doing is getting you Jakob Pertl. So a guy who can pass, space, screen, and then also not at a screen, but play pick and roll with a guard like quickly to become the secondary creator in the starting group. And quickly mostly is looking to score, and a lot of the screens from Jakob is great. Classic pick and roll pairing. You can get that combination. That's all good. But then what else do you want for Scotty? Well, you would also like a spacing five because the one thing Jakob doesn't do is space the floor outside of creating space off the screens. But create space off the screens, that's typically for guys to shoot off of those. And Scotty's obviously not going to be pulling up for that much, at least right now. So now you got a spacing five around him for Kelly, who can then also set him up as well, right? Aside from that, you want other guys who can be young and, and run and, and, and go with them. And the, the guys who are doing that, RJ Barrett runs, and, and he's, a op- he's a great option in transition. Quickly runs, and he's a great option in transition. The pull-up threes in transition, I think that's that. I love seeing that shot. I mean, it reminds me so much of 
what the Raptors used to have at the point guard position with Kyle, with Fred. And so that's a great option to have. Bruce Brown runs in transition. Ochai, Grady. Those are the options you would want to pick around Scotty, right? And so at the same time, you still prioritize him. He still gets every rep you want, but you play in the style that works because of his skill set. And that's the beauty of some of these games is you are seeing him prioritize in this way. And that's why you're seeing not just like the triple doubles, not just the blocks, but you're also seeing the engagement. You don't see a frustration from Scotty, you know, some, I mean, and, and Scotty very much in the games, he will wear his emotions on his chest or, or on his sleeve or whatever, right? Very visible, very transparent. You'll see a lot of times early in the games where he's frustrated and he's like, put the ball over there, move the ball over there. And it's good communication, honestly. He, he processes the game a lot higher, a lot faster than a lot of his teammates. But you are now seeing him have to do that a little bit less. And honestly, the ways that the players are around him, they naturally want to play the style that he wants to play. So it's less standing around. It's less like, you know, OG's got to touch and feel the ball for a little bit and maybe drive once in a while. And it's like, dude, why? But like, you know, okay, or corner threes. Uh, or just kind of get nowhere with the dribble, or we got to set a pass guy on the post, then we got to clear out the side, then we got to wait and draw the double, then we got to wait to kick out, then maybe swing, swing, swing. Like, those were those are previous ways to play, and honestly, if they were stronger defensively, those ways are more are, are valid, and we've seen the Raptors get to a 41-8-win season like that. You know, Fred obviously was a huge part of that as well, especially the first half of the season when he was creating a lot of the pick and roll. But, like, now it's centered around Scotty and the pieces around him fit. Now, of course, this requirement is that like he needs to bring it every single night with this group, but he's doing that. Defensively, he's giving it to you. Offensively, he's giving it to you. And it doesn't have to be the way where it's like he's got to take every shot or he's got to go one-on-one and, and show you his bag, so to speak. No, it's, you know what? What is the end? He's the engine of the car, but he's got other pieces around him with that group. And of course, like, it takes time for these guys to, to learn and, and, and grow, right? And they're obviously going to be setbacks, you know, but are the players actually playing to their roles? And I feel like the answer is yes. You know, Gary's catching and shooting, playing aggressive perimeter defense. Yeah, he'll give up a, a reach and foul pretty much every game, but you take that because that's a sign of him being engaged defensively. And honestly, if he's going to continue to start or have some future here, he's got to pick up that defensive end. And so... You know what? The fact that he, you know, was the primary assignment on Trey Young on a night where Trey, you know, barely got to double digits, you know, hit a buzzer beating three at the very end there, which didn't even matter at all to get to 11. I'm counting that as holding Trey to single digits. This game, Halliburton plays 32 minutes. He had nine points, right? Gary is playing his role, catching a shooting, whatever. He's going to miss some. That's fine. But you give me that defense and that's a consistent every single night. I'll take that happily. RJ, getting to the basket, the tough baskets, man. The free throws, I don't know what's going on there. We got to work on those. The catch-and-shoot threes, you know, they they scare me a little bit, but guess who knocked down a huge three in the last two minutes there? RJ Barrett on the wing. He was two of three from three tonight. But the toughness, the going through and going through Benedict Matherin for the N1, because you know what? In terms of the half court for the starting group, you do need a guy like that. Force the issue. Go through. And you know what? You don't want him to always do that. You want him to mix in a couple of layoffs. He gave you five assists as well. That's a healthy number for RJ based on how much he goes to the paint. But primarily, go to the hoop, be efficient, and score. 24 points tonight, 11 to 16 shooting with a huge three and also the and one. Congrats to RJ Barrett. Emmanuel, quickly, same kind of deal. Finding that rhythm. Just go go score. Scotty can do the playmaking for you. Jakob can make the playmaking for you. Go score. And, of course, when you create advantages, it's not like quickly he's forcing a shot. But, you know, a couple times, I, I like the fact that he was even going through the paint, 
There's one play tonight where he attacked Andrew Nemhard, and Nemhard's like a really good defender, uses his chest really well, does a great job. And, you know, Nemhard tries to, you know, chest him a little bit. Quickly, not just drives through that, but Euro steps and not just gets, you know, deflects essentially some of that momentum where, again, the guy's trying to, you know, play physical with you. Euro step, use the momentum against him. Um, but then you also then see quickly step through, go through the lane and finish with a reverse layup on the other side. You know, not just always the runner, right? Not just always the run full speed and then lay it up super fast off the glass. The Dennis layup, for example. We're also seeing a little bit more of just like the more, you know, time it, pace it right. And I, I love the fact that he strung out Turner on the ISO. And he said, lay shot clock, point guard against center. That's my shot. Go for it. That's a good sign of the confidence because that's exactly what you need. And then the second unit, I, get, I mean, look, eventually Grady will have to calm down, right? Like the guy was four for four. And honestly, the four three he made is out the corner. It The net didn't even move. I thought he bricked it. Instead, he perfectly switched it. Like the net barely even moved. Like you don't even hear the snap of the of the mesh because it barely moved. That's how perfectly he threaded that three through. He's even having plays where he's not even catching it fully. You know what I mean? Like it's he's bobbling the catch a little bit because the catches the, the pass is a little off and he's still wetting that thing. And of course, you know the the cuts and layups and stuff like that. So all that is good. And really, they just need to get Jakob back. They just need to get Jakob, keep him healthy. Um, I, I I really hope it doesn't miss time, but. You just, I don't know, the last one cost him for a couple weeks, and I just don't want to see the momentum cut off here. To me, again, I've said it so many times, it's not necessarily about the wins. If they make the plan, that's cool, that's nice, um, and of course we'll be there. But, like, realistically, I want to see the young guys grow and find the rhythm and find a way to win, find a formula that works for them. And right now for this group, at least the last three games, and it's not like they're being world beaters. This is the best one win by far, don't get me wrong, but the Pacers are up and down because Halliburton's been super up and down. Um this has been a really good win, and I'm really happy to see this type of effort from this group. So uh, before I give you the three stars, I want to bring you a message from our sponsor. Are you ready to get fired up for the next game? I mean, come on. How could you not? Uh, nothing else more than a bowl of Campbell's new chunky spicy chicken noodle soup. Let me tell you, it's got tons of seasoned chicken, veggies, and noodles all in a tasty, spicy broth. So it'll fill you up and get you fired up. Let's take your day to the next level and see if you can handle the heat with the new chunky, spicy chicken noodle soup. Okay, your three stars from this performance. It's going to be difficult to pick just three, honestly. It really is going to be difficult. A lot of guys played well. Last game, the Raptors had, what, eight guys finishing double digits. This game, they had seven guys finishing double digits. 35 assists. Last game, 37. Beautiful, beautiful offense. And again, credit to Darko, too. I can't believe I didn't say that. for uh, Darko deserves a lot of credit because it's starting to look a lot like what he wants to do. He protect the team protects the paint. They'll live with top of the floor threes. And honestly, you look at the Pacers baskets, Pascal making three threes from the top, Miles Turner making two threes from the top, Jalen Smith making a three from the top, Benedict Matherin hitting also to pull up three from the top. Honestly, congratulations. You got to hand it to him. Honestly, you got to give up something, but percentage wise, they're protecting the paint and then they're playing that 0.5 offense credit to Darko man he stuck it through and now he's got a team that he knows will be here and now he gets to impart with that group after the trade deadline after the all-star break hopefully he maintains it and just continues to build on this but your three stars from tonight's performance first star is obviously Scotty Barnes 21 points 12 rebounds 12 assists five blocks uh 38 minutes just looked awesome tonight just exactly the type of game where you needed to see from him and uh yeah I mean just just awesome really awesome um, and quite frankly, not to be petty, but I do have a pension for that. I mean, 
in a game that featured Tyrese Halliburton, Scotty was the best passer tonight. So, um, your second star from tonight's performance, um, I'm going to give it to Grady. Grady, 18 points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, two offensive rebounds, seven and nine from the field, four, four from the three, just looked incredible. And again, he just didn't make any mistakes. He looked so calm out there and he was still playing fast, playing a lot of energy, but you know, he's, he's, he's making great decisions on offense and. I think the addition of a spacing five, like Kelly, a playmaking five, him playing more with Scotty, it, it's, man, he's growing and, and he is, you know, such a rewarding feeling watching to see every game to see what he, next step he's going to make. And tonight you saw him, you know, crash the glass and you saw him make some great passes and just, you know, cut and move. They did a great job with that. And then your third star, I think I'll give it to RJ. I think there's a good case for quickly here. By the way, the, the, there was a really good play involving quickly where the Raptors had Scotty handle the ball and they had quickly first get a, uh, a down screen from uh, Jakob off the ball to uh, sell the idea that he was going to pop out for catch and shoot three. But instead quickly, then after getting that screen curled inside and then set a back screen for Jakob, who in this case was getting guarded by miles Turner. And then the Raptors ran the pick and roll with Scotty uh, and Jakob rolling, and because quickly uh, was backpicking uh, Miles Turner, that created the opportunity for Scotty to throw the lob to Jakob, who not only finished and one, but he, the the help rota- rotation came late, and he got the and one as well, and he converted the and one. And you know what? Obviously, that's the Spain pick and roll. That's the Spanish pick and roll. We've seen that combination a lot. But even just that extra little wrinkle to first use uh, that quickly, you know. Jakob action just to just to distract the defense at first before getting into it because the thing is like pick and roll pick and roll is all the same but it's, it's where you do it how you do it who you do it with and like at what specific moments you get it out of and yeah I thought that was just a really clever play again from Darko so credit to him but I'm gonna give it to RJ the big three at the end there the and one just a timely scoring because I do feel like half court wise the Raptors still need that little bit of an edge you can play that you know, the transition you know ping 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 ball movement at the end of the day though you still need a guy who can get you a bucket and RJ was that guy let down the stretch because Scotty started mishandling the ball a little bit quickly got a lot of uh, pressure he's smaller so the guys can swarm him a little bit Nemhard did a great job RJ was the one who came through with some of those baskets and honestly a lot of these games the ball's probably going to end up in his hands and he's got to do something with it. And he knocked down a three and got the and one over Matherin as part of his 24 points on 11-16 shooting. You're Gerald Henderson Award winner. There is no doubt who this is. It is Benedict Matherin. Uh, 34 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, 11 of 15, five of eight from three, seven of nine from the foul line. Every single shot was contested. It wasn't like the Raptors were losing him. It wasn't like, you know, the Raptors started doing this thing where third quarter, he was got so hot, Raptors would randomly send a second guy to run at him just like have a surprise double team from 30 feet. And he was, he will look, see his teammates open. And he's like, yeah, but I'll still pull up for this three and make for a better highlight. And then bang, he would make those two. And he was on a tear in the second half. Like I'm telling you, if the Raptors, if Matherin didn't go nuts, Raptors would have won this game easily by double digits. So Matherin actually brought the Pacers back. A lot of the Pacers are tied, but the Raptors really impressive countered, you know, good timeout from Darko three minutes left just to sort of get the Raptors into a good rhythm. They were running a lot of, um, Quickly, Scotty pick and rolls, and they were getting stuck 
because the Pacers were switching them, fronting them. It took a while to get the ball over to Scotty, and then when he did, they brought help, and he had to figure out where to be, and the rest of the team wasn't spaced out well enough. They had, like, three possessions like that in a row, and the Pacers got, like, two baskets, and Dark would just call the timeout just to settle them in, get them in the right positions, and, you know, they came out with the win. So a great win all around. Enjoy your pizza parties, everyone. It's a, it's It's been a journey, but... We are seeing some signs of light, and uh, that's what we're here to watch for. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptor Show. If you haven't already, please make sure you check out the weekly show as well, or the daily show, sorry. Um, last week, was Vivek Jacob. Uh, that was awesome to, to talk to Big V and, and you know get uh, some historical perspectives on Vince. Talk to Alvin Williams about it as well. So proud of that one. Really happy that uh, me and V were able to do those episodes last week. And then this week, we have Lindsey Dunn for Monday and Tuesday. And Monday's episode, Lynn Sanity has officially started, right? That's Lynn Sanity with a D. Uh, Lynn Sanity's officially started. Lindsay absolutely killed it in her first episode, co-hosting with me. The it was it was light, it was jovial. Uh, and then we got Gary Trent Senior on the show, so it, it took that turn. But just in general, it was a really good uh, show, and I'm really looking forward to what it's like tomorrow on the show as well. But in any case, rate, review, subscribe to the raptor show and uh yeah you've been listening to the raptors reaction podcast brought to you by campbell's new chunky spicy soup good night